This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey there, you're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. On this show, we talk about mental health, well-being, and self-improvement from a Gen Z perspective. I'm your host, Faith. I hope everyone's having a good day. Um, I'm not going to lie, this episode is going to be a bit harder for me just because it's so intense and the topic is is just a bit more serious, but I know it can help a lot of people. Um, I'm going to start out by saying, because I'm just going to jump right into it, I don't really want to waste too much time, especially when nothing is happening in my life. Let's be honest, we're all in quarantine or in COVID lockdowns. We're not really doing much. Anything else that's happened, the only interesting thing that's happened is the inauguration. And I didn't even watch that because I was too busy working. So I, I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not much else to talk about. But yeah, so the reason why I'm jumping into it is because I want to take the full 30 minutes to talk about this issue. I have had one parent who was a narcissist and a narcissist is a combination of things, right? But I guess before giving you a definition, it might make more sense to tell you how a narcissist kind of acts and behaves. You know what I'm saying? So that way you can actually identify the type of person that I'm talking about. So, you know, narcissists tend to like think that they matter more than they actually do. Like they have this exaggerated sense of self-importance. And so oftentimes that means they will put themselves over you every single time. They make everything that happens about them. They also have like, typically have this sense of entitlement that makes them feel like they deserve something or they are owed something. And so if they don't have someone who's constantly fawning all over them and acting like people acting as if they're the best thing ever, they get offended and they, their ego can't handle it. So oftentimes these people take pride in appearances. Like they want to appear to be cool and happy and successful. They want to appear to be super charming. And often narcissists are really charming, but you know, when you get to know them, you know, underneath all the layers, you find out, no, that they're actually kind of awful. Um, these people have like this fake superiority complex where they think that they're superior to other people. And they have like this attitude where they're better than other people. They're maybe more morally superior or maybe they're just smarter or better looking, more talented. That's how they come across. They come across as if they think they're better than everyone else. But there's actually like, a fragile self-esteem issue. Like they are just putting on a front for people like behind closed doors. They're incredibly insecure and they're constantly chasing attention and um, affection and admiration, not true love, but like affection and admiration. You know what I'm saying? Another thing that they do is a lot of them will exaggerate a lot. Like they'll just basically lie and say that they're doing all these things or accomplishing all these things. Like they'll make it seem like they are so amazing, but they're actually not. You know, 
their talent, their skill level, their abilities, like what they've achieved in life, they will really make it seem like they're doing the thing. But if you peel back all the layers, you see it's just fluff. It's just hot air. They're not really doing more than anybody else. Um, I think that these sorts of people too fantasize about being appreciated and admired in a certain way. So they fantasize about being rich, successful, famous, you know, widely adored and loved. They have this obsession with people really wanting to be like them or be, you know, be them. I don't know why somebody would want that, but like a lot of them do have this idea that they are just better and fantastic and people should want to be them and will want to be them. Like that's their fantasy. A lot of like, a lot of like narcissists too, they don't really have a lot of empathy for other people. So they don't really relate to people's emotions. They kind of are cruel to others. And they can be super nice because they have the charming aspect to them. But actually, if you really go into it in terms of how they interact with people, there's a lack of empathy. Um, a lot of narcissists also have troubled relationships. Like they don't really have a lot of secure relationships in their life. They're constantly going back and forth and they don't really, they, they can't really have that stability that everybody else has. So is there anything else that I think of when I think of a narcissist? Um, I would say like narcissists typically exploit people. They always ask people to do things for them that they can't return the favor or won't return the favor. There is a sense that they can use people and usually by flattery, or like making the person feel important to them, they can get that person to do whatever they want them to do. Um, narcissists, they just, they truly don't care about other people. They're in it for themselves. They're in it for self and nothing else. So why is this important? Well, because, you know, narcissist general tendencies tend to be something like that. And I think that, you know, having someone like this, as a friend can be really difficult because when you start peeling back the layers and you see that they're not this super charismatic person, but they're actually someone who has real, real problems and they just aren't good. They're just not, you know, a good person. That can be tough, but you can walk away from that. It's completely different when that's someone that's in your family and you can't walk away from that. You can't ignore it. Like maybe you can distance yourself from that person, but it's still blood. It's still family. You know what I mean? So it's just not the same. Like, that same level of detachment you can't get with family, you know? Um, and it has a different effect on you, like in terms of your mental health and where you stand. So if you have a narcissist parent though, okay, this is what you're going to see. I feel like just from my personal experience, narcissist parents do tend to have, just from my experience, they do tend to have some sort of like background from their childhood that's like kind of traumatic. Maybe they experienced abuse or whatever else. And that leads to a fragile sense of self-esteem. Like their self-esteem is constantly teetering on the edge of out of control. And, you know, they're deeply insecure about their lot in life and their place in life and what they're meant to be. So a lot of the stuff that they do for other people is just to cover how they feel about themselves. So they can seem very outwardly confident and charismatic, but deep down they're actually really not, um, their ego is massive. And so their ego always gets in the way of anything that can work for them or the family. So a lot of times narcissists and the family will put their personal agenda and their personal feelings over the group, the collective. So narcissists, I would say, are more likely to do something that they know will hurt the other sibling 
or maybe they'll take food that's not theirs consistently or just do stuff like that that shows that they don't have a regard for other people at all. Like it's all about them. They're very selfish sometimes. Um, I think that a lot of narcissists in terms of family dynamics can be very like, how do I say? A lot of them, especially if they're a parent, they do tend to blame other people for their problems a lot. Like, you know, they don't really have any sort of real accountability. Everything is always someone else's fault. And this kind of goes into the, the whole concept of people who don't take responsibility, people who think the world resolve, revolves around them. They're the ones who tend to make the most excuses and make it seem like everyone is out to get them. You know, they have this like grandiose view of the world where everything revolves around them. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that like in a family dynamic, that kind of sucks because these people, they will do something to you that hurts you. And then they'll pretend like it wasn't that big of a deal or you're just being dramatic. Like they'll try to gaslight you about it. So, you know, that's just something that I personally have seen a lot. And people who do that to you are not normal. Like, yes, some people can gaslight and not be a narcissist, but that is that is a real thing. So this is one that's a little bit more deep. So, all right, how do I how do I say this? Okay. So one thing that I've noticed too is these people, and this is where like my more of my personal experience really comes into play. I feel like narcissists don't really have any shame or embarrassment in using people or like manipulating or exploiting others, if that makes sense. Like they don't really feel shame in the same way. Like I think my dad, for example, he was the narcissist in my family. And what I learned about what he would do is he was like, how should I say, had these issues with depression and mental illness and of course he was doing, he had, the, he had like addictive behaviors. So he was always addicted to something. Like he was just always go over the, over the top. You know, if he was, he was diabetic, he was type two diabetic. So when he would eat sugary foods, he would just like binge on sugary foods. You know, it wasn't like he was just eating a, a, a slice of cake. He would eat the whole cake and then the shame would kick in and he would hide the boxes and whatever else. But instead of just responding to the shame, he would project it onto other people and try to make other people look bad or how should I say, do certain things to make it seem like other people were in the wrong. And it was, it was very strange because this part, he, it's like he didn't feel any real shame. Like you would think that he did. And to an extent, maybe there might've been deep down underneath the surface because of how he was hiding certain things. So people couldn't see you know, if he purchased really expensive clothes because he had really terrible management with money or if it was like him eating a bunch of sugary foods and hiding the evidence of it. Um, but he carried himself as if he had no real shame. Like there was no shame in his game in terms of how he treated people, how he made it seem like my mom was just out here trying to get him and that she was just spying on him. What You know what I'm saying? Like he was making it seem like my mom was super distrustful when in fact she was just not understanding how he was buying all this food and why people around the community would see him in bakeries and all these restaurants gorging out on food, but he would never bring home any food for the kids or for my mom. And she would see the remnants of all this stuff and be like, what is going on? Like 
people are telling me that they saw you this place and that place. So I think too that one thing my dad did is that he was not really good with being criticized at all. Like I just remember him taking everything so personally and it was weird because I would say something and then he would take it to mean something it wasn't intended to, you know what I'm saying? Like if he would, I would say something and he would twist it in his mind to mean something entirely different than what it actually meant. And I'd be confused because I'd be like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you taking something that was innocent and turning it into something that is so like rude and mean and makes you the martyr or the victim? Like, I don't understand, you know? And it's not enough for them to make to, to make you feel bad. They, they try to punish you sometimes. If you act in accordance with a behavior that's like not what they want from you, then they, they low-key punish you for it. Um, so... Okay, one thing a, a narcissist parent will probably do too is a lot of them will um, well, at least have no problem doing this. They will pit people against each other to make themselves look better. And this actually happened to us um, when my parents um, separated. They separated in 2014 on my graduation day, might I add, which is just another sign of someone who has a lack of empathy or concern for others because there was no real reason for him to have separated from my mom and announced that the day of my graduation. But he just did it because he couldn't he couldn't bear the attention not being on himself. And he just really wanted to make a statement like he he didn't care about me at all. You know, he didn't care about making my graduation experience a memorable one. So now whenever I think about my high school graduation, it's always that was the day my parents separated and I didn't even get a chance to celebrate. Right. Um, and I'm just saying this as a side note. I didn't even get a chance to celebrate. I didn't even go out to eat for my high school graduation. And there's, that's a, there's a long reason for that. Just know that my dad could have taken me out to celebrate my high school graduation and chose not to. So my aunt bought me a pizza and I went home. And that was just depressing. I was just depressed. I'm not going to lie. Because the whole situation was just, you know. But anyway. Um, back to what I was saying, I feel like a lot of narcissist parents, they have no problem pitting people against each other in the family to increase their own position or to make themselves look better. And so what I found was that my dad was perfectly fine when my parents separated, pitting my brothers against my mom because he wanted my brothers to side with him, which there didn't have to be a side, but he wanted them to side with him against my mom because he didn't like my mom. And so he knew that he couldn't do that to me because I wasn't going to buy it. But he tried it with my brothers. He tried to tell them stuff and, you know, say things about my mom passively, you know, just to be mean and make it seem like my brothers didn't like my mom. And so for a while, I have two brothers. One, my youngest brother, he bought into it initially. The other brother didn't. From day one, he was like, nah, fuck you. But um, my youngest brother bought into it for a while before eventually he decided that no, my dad actually was a POS and that he didn't really want to be bothered. But it took a while. It was rough because there, for a minute there, I would say, so, let's say for maybe a year, my dad was just spewing all of this hate and nonsense to my brothers. And, you know, my youngest brother, he didn't know any better, but he was also my dad's favorite, which goes into the whole narcissist need for control type of thing because he was definitely trying to control my brother and use him 
as a weapon against my mom. And he treated my youngest brother like the golden child who could do no wrong. And then the middle, my other brother, Josh, he treated him like trash. He really did. He wasn't really good to Josh. So he wasn't good to me either, by the way. But I think it had everything to do with making him feel appreciated and making him feel like he was this amazing dad that he wasn't, you know, because he didn't put hardly any effort in. So that being said, with my youngest brother, it worked for a short period of time, but eventually it stopped working because my youngest brother got older and he started seeing for himself all the inconsistencies of my dad's story. And yeah, that's a huge thing. And I think part of it was that my, my dad saw my youngest brother as an extension of himself. Like my dad had this idea of himself as a super charismatic, interesting man who was loved by all, blah, blah, blah. Like he really thought of himself as the life of the party, popular man, everyone loves. And I always thought that was so weird, but you know, he wanted, he desperately wanted to be seen as someone that was admired and appreciated in that certain way. And so when he looked at my youngest brother, he saw a version of himself that he wished was real. Like my younger brother is very charismatic, even though he's kind of a douche, but he's, you know, very charismatic, you know, is popular He's good with people, good with girls. And so my dad saw himself, at least he perceived to be him, his younger self and my youngest brother. And so he would spend a lot of time, cold, you know, raising him, hanging out with him that he wouldn't spend with my other brother and definitely didn't spend with me. So why is this important? Because ultimately, like, it caused a huge amount of, like, I would say back and forth between my younger brothers. And so even to this day, they still kind of have a rift because of what my dad was doing and saying, you know, and it, and it sucks because narcissist parents will definitely make it seem like their child is an extension of themselves and they become super controlling. And, you know, I think the only reason why, you know, my youngest brother was in my dad's good graces is because my youngest brother was constantly making my dad seem like a boss, like a really cool person, and, you know, treating him a certain way. And so to me, it, it kind of flattered my, my dad's ego. So how do you deal with people like this? Because honestly, the negative effects of narcissist parents is like massive. You know, I think that one thing that I understand about myself now is part of the reason why I have so many emotional problems is because my parents were crazy. You know, they were crazy, like some of the stuff they were doing and saying, and you know how I was raised because I was raised in a fundamentalist Christian home where I was controlled. I didn't have a whole ton of agency. I didn't have a ton of social interaction with people. And I also too, in a way, kind of adopted my parents' low self-esteem. So, you know, when you're a kid, sometimes you can adopt the traits of your parents. Sometimes it goes for intangibles. So like if it's an intangible trait or maybe an insecurity that they have, you can adopt that without even realizing it. And so that sense of like low self-worth, it's definitely like in the background of your life and theirs. <clears throat> it's literally just happening to you because you're in proximity to them. I also think too, and I read this in an article that part of the, the result of being raised with a narcissist parent is like this feeling of chronic shame that you'll never be accepted and you have to hide parts of yourself because people won't accept you for who you really are. And I think that that's true. 
I think that because your parents treat you like crap, you know, which my dad did, and I don't want to get into the full details, but when people treat you like crap, you start to feel like that's what you deserve and that um, you won't ever be loved or cared for by anyone. Because a lot of times I feel like that. Like, I really do feel like people just don't care about me as a person. Like, I'm just a friend that they just kind of casually disregard or someone who, you know, they just don't really care for. And so what ends up happening is you feel super unloved and unappreciated. And it doesn't really matter the value that you bring to someone's life. It doesn't matter. Like, you feel like you are just not important. And it sucks because you really start to feel as though you're not lovable and that no one will ever care for you. So you start to hide parts of yourself because you don't think that anyone will ever want to get to know you and actually want to care about you. And it sucks, but that's exactly what happens, honestly. Um, I think, too, one thing that I've had to deal with is this constant sense that I'm in one-sided relationships. And it's because when I was growing up, I was always needing my parents because I'm a kid. I'm a child. You need your parents, but your parents can't show up for you emotionally. Um, and they constantly feel, and I think too, it makes you constantly feel like in order to be loved, you have to do a bunch of things to get that love. Um, and you kind of settle for whatever crumbs you can get for people because you're not used to getting any real love or affection. People kind of just throw you to the side and give you whatever little bit that they have to offer. So the true love and support that it would take to make someone really feel, make it feel like you would, people really care about you, you never get. And so it makes you feel like you're constantly in these one-sided situations, especially romantically. And so I feel like sometimes that's why when I was younger, I would have all these unrequited relationships wherein I would like this person and really want to be with them. And that person wouldn't care about me at all. And they were not interested in dating me. Why? Because the entire time I had this thought or had this pattern in my life where I was the only person who cared. The other person didn't care about me. And this happens to me a lot, you know, this uh, this concept of me finding a guy that I'm kind of interested in and I want to date and the guy just decided he's randomly not interested. And it's like, as soon as I try to express interest, because it's hard for me, it's hard for me to, you know, be vulnerable. But as soon as I try to express interest, the guy just pulls away. And I can literally just make the determination in my mind. I can literally say in my mind, I think I like this guy. And the next day he started acting crazy or acting like he doesn't like me anymore or whatever else. And so what that does is it creates insecurity in you and makes you feel like, well, dang, I can never find anyone who truly appreciates me. This is why I have to hide who I am because, you know, who's going to stick around? No one ever sticks around. So what can you do in situations like this? Because if you can relate to anything I've said in the past 20 minutes, then I'm probably talking to you. Um, What I would say is this. First, understand that it's really not your fault. Like, this is just something that happens to people who have really shitty parents, honestly. The next thing I would say is definitely get a therapist, talk about this with someone who understands the, the traits of narcissism. I have a narcissist dad and a histrionic mom, and that's just a cocktail for an explosive relationship, which it was. Um, one thing I had to learn too with narcissist parents is that like you just have to have boundaries like they may not have raised you to have boundaries because they don't think that children deserve privacy and deserve their own time and their own space to think and be their own human being you know what i'm saying like form their own opinions but that does not mean that you have to live that way your entire life you can develop boundaries so that way you interact with that parent on your terms you know what i mean i think too that understanding that here's something you can do. 
understand that nothing's going to change with that parent, right? Like nothing's going to change. These people have been like this their whole life. They're not just going to change because you want them to. They may change, but I, most of the time, no. The point of narcissism is that you don't have any self-awareness. So these people don't feel like they're ever in the wrong. They're always in the right. If you're listening to this podcast and you actually think that you might be a narcissist, which always happens, most of the time you're not because at the very least, you have the self-awareness to recognize these symptoms in yourself. Most narcissists truly believe that they're the martyrs and that everyone else is in the right. Everyone else is in the wrong. So when you're dealing with parents that are like this, understand that they have spent their entire lives with this barrier in their mind to anything wrong that they're doing and they can't admit that they're wrong. They can't admit that maybe they were the bad guy. They can't admit that maybe they hurt someone and they they actually like cause a lot of harm. It literally, <clears throat> I don't know why my voice is going out, y'all. Sorry. It literally hurts their self-esteem and their, their, their sense of self in the world to acknowledge that like what they've been doing has actually been hurting people and they're not as great as they think. So understanding this means that you just got to let it go. Like Sometimes it means for me, and it may mean for you, walking away from that person forever and just distancing yourself from them because they're never going to change and they cause more harm than good. And it's just a bunch of drama with them. So sometimes that means literally just leaving them alone. Um, I think that, you know, what you can do too is, and this is a big one, repair your relationship with your siblings. Because when you have a narcissist parent and you grow up in that environment, it actually takes a toll on like the, the relationships you have with your siblings. Because like I said before, like your siblings are pitted against you. You know what I'm saying? Like you are pitted against them. Y'all go back and forth. So that being said, it's important to acknowledge that part of the healing process too is um, getting, if you have siblings, getting together with them and healing through this and building a, a solid relationship with them. And my last tip I would say is, you know, when you go to therapy, you start working through some of your problems and believe me, having a narcissist parent will unveil a host of issues in your life that have been long-term problems. Once you get to that point, I think the next step should be, okay, I'm doing the work, but that also means that you really have to, how do I say, I don't know how to say this guys. I feel like you just have to be patient with yourself and understand that you're unlearning years of stuff that you were told. And a lot of the things that you're, that you're subconsciously doing, it's literally because you, you're, you know, when your, your body and your brain are doing things to protect you from further hurt, it's the same way. Like in this situation, you're doing what you've learned to do to protect yourself. And when you were on constant alert in your family, you, you develop certain traits, certain habits to survive. And so you have to be patient with yourself when you unlearn this stuff. So hopefully this episode does kind of help because I understand what it's like. And I know that there's some people out there who are never going to understand. They're never going to understand because maybe they were fortunate enough to just grow up in a situation that was not that bad. And they didn't have a parent that was a narcissist. They have good relationships with their parents, but there's many of us who don't. And especially, let's just say you have a narcissist mother, because my mom's not a narcissist necessarily, but she does have some tendencies. She's more histrionic, according to my therapist. And so I think what that means is essentially she has the traits of a narcissist, and that's how her and my dad got along initially. 
But eventually, like, they, it was combustible because she had low self-esteem and had rejection issues. And he had low self-esteem, but he, you know, didn't have the same issues that she did. And he could never see himself as in the wrong. So she was constantly chasing after, after his attention and affection, and he would refuse to give it to her kind of thing. And so I think that, you know, when you see a situation like this, just understanding that, like, you don't have to duplicate that in your life. And taking the time to journal and write out what exactly happened in your in your um, childhood can actually help you identify some of those traits in the future. Does that make sense? Like sometimes just taking the time to sit there and write out some of those more uncomfortable memories can help you deal with it. And then also notice when it's being done again in your life. So you can avoid those sorts of people and you don't end up in a romantic relationship with someone who's very similar. So that being said, I hope this helped. Um, if you like this episode, be sure to definitely rate and review this podcast and show your support. That would mean the world. Um, I also think that, you know, sharing the podcast with your friends and family is also super helpful for me. Um, it means a lot. And I want to thank you guys so much for your support thus far. Really, really, really appreciate what you guys have done for me. And I want to say that um, hopefully if you are someone who relates to this, you will get through it. Just know it does take work and, you know, know you're not perfect. No, it's not going to be easy, but I guarantee you if you just do the work and you gain that self-awareness and learn to trust yourself, which I know you are kind of acculturated to not do, you will get through this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been there myself. You will be okay in the end. All right, guys, have a good day and I'll talk to you in the next episode.